If you have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me to Gen- Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. We'd be continuing our study in biblical foundations. And here in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 through 17, today the sermon is entitled, The Test of Your Love is Obedience. You do not love God if you're not obedient to Him. And I want to talk about that over the next uh, several messages. And um, in fact, I was looking in the Bible. This was kind of a challenging sermon. I spent a lot of hours on it this week. There's the, in the Bible, uh, I looked up command, commandeth, or any derivation of that. There's 839 verses, and I went through all those verses uh, and looked at them and uh, just drew out principles and truths from the Bible about God's commands. God's commands by his leaders towards others. And, you know, when we think about here in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, I think about this idea of obedience. Roger Staubach, who led the Dallas Cowboys to the Super Bowl victory in 1971, admitted that his position as a quarterback didn't call, who didn't call his own signals uh, was a source of trial for him. Coach Landry said, sent in every play. He told Roger when to pass, when to run, and only in emergency situations could he change the play. Even though Roger considered Coach Landry to have a genius mind, when it came to football strategy, Pride said that he should be able to run his own team. Roger had a decision to make. Would he allow Pride to run his life and ignore his coach, making himself a star, or would he listen to the coach and do what he wanted? Staubach later said, I faced up to the issue of obedience. Once I learned to obey, there was harmony, fulfillment, and victory. Now, I'm not necessarily advocating for the NFL. In fact, there's a lot of issues with it. But the heart of the issue of a, in this very trivial uh, illustration is the fact, listen, when we just learn to be obedient to the Lord. And obedience in our culture is something of quite a bit of uh, anger, frustration. Uh, there's a lot of pushback against someone when you said, you know, authority. That you can't tell me what to do. You can't tell me how to live my life. But we have to understand that it is God who has a plan. Here in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. That word command here is given in the Hebrew in PL, PL verb form, stem. And this is to give a charge, a command. This, uh, the verb type that they use is to express a very intensive type of action with an active voice. It is, it is a, as a parent telling their child, the parent has the authority over that child. In the New Testament, we find that it is as issuing a directive from an authoritative source or command. When you receive a command from a superior, especially a superior that I do not know and or who is rude and, and maybe uh, who is rude, this is difficult to receive and challenging. In the, Garden of Adam, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, they knew the Lord. They made a conscientious choice to disobey His command. And so today, and for the few more sermons, I'm going to explore the areas of God's commands, and it is vast and broad. Lest you think that God is only concerned with eternity, we are sadly mistaken. The areas of God's command reaches into every area of our life. The commands, when rejected, result in all sorts of unsavory events occurring in our life. The truth is, if we love God, we'll follow His commands. And the commands of the leaders He's established in our lives. I'd like you to look with me at 2 John verse 6. This is my introduction still. And 2 John verse 6, there's only one chapter here. The book of 2 John verse 6. This is what God says is love, true love, godly love. We cannot say, I love Jesus, I love God, and be disobedient. Because you are showing you don't love God, you love yourself. 
In 2 John, verse 6, and this is love. You have 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, Jude, Revelation. So you go to Revelation, you go back. Here in 2nd John, verse 6, give you a second to get there. And this is love, that we walk after what? His commandments. This is the commandment that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. Disobedience shows you don't love God. And today, as we look at this sermon, I want to ask you the question, do you love God and are you obedient to Him or are you rebellious? There is no middle ground. Even partial obedience is full disobedience. Where will you land on being obedient to the Lord? And this morning, your obedience shows your love for the Lord. So we're going to look at the chemistry, just this morning, the chemistry of obedience and commands. Let's go Lord and ask for His blessing upon this time and we'll continue. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray, as we look at Thy Holy Word, and Father, as we just realize where is our heart, Lord, rather than trying to make excuses to justify our sinful behavior, Lord, I pray that we would just bow the knee and surrender all. Lord, that we would follow the commands that you've given. Father, I love you. And Lord, I pray that we would show a true and genuine love for you. God, help us to be obedient. Lord, I pray that the truths that are presented this morning, Lord, uh, would be such to draw us to thyself. Father, we need thy help. We need your strength. Lord, I love you and thank you for what a marvelous Savior you are. In your precious name I pray. Amen. The chemistry of obedience. In this very passage of Scripture here in Genesis chapter 2, and the Lord God commanded the man. Here is the first time we find God give the word command used in Scripture. In Leviticus, we're going to go through a lot of Scripture this morning. All of God's commandments are to be kept. Leviticus chapter 22, verse 31, Therefore shall ye keep my commandments and do them. I am the Lord. The reason we obey His commandments is of who He is. He's the Creator. Why do I think, or why do you think, that I can bargain with God and say, well, you've commanded this, but it really isn't pertinent to me. Why do I think, or why do I put myself in the position that I can argue with God about what is right and what is wrong? I want to look at this idea of why, you know, we are in a day where we try to find loopholes and we try to find uh, justification for actions that are wrong rather than just getting in line with the authority of God. And when I'm talking about in line, I'm not saying you're doing what I'm saying. You come to the written word of God. You look at God's word. What does God say? And I bow the knee in full surrender and in my will... And I'm going to talk about this idea of a command. Many times, you know, growing up, when I thought of commands, I thought of someone who was very harsh, mean, or rude. Well, I'm not going to listen to that. I mean, that's just foolish. I mean, they're a completely out in left field. I'm not listening to them. It could be a parent that yells. It could be a, a, someone in your life that yells and screams at you. Well, I'm, you know, that's, you know, when you think of authority and you think of that, you're thinking, I don't want to listen to that. And I want to deal with the character of God and the commands that he gives today. In Isaiah chapter 45, verse 12, I have made the earth and created man upon it. I, even my hands, have stretched out the heavens and all their host have I commanded. He is the creator. He is our authority. In Psalm 33, verses 8 and 9, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. For He spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. 
Psalm 148, 4 and 5. Praise Him, ye, heaven of heavens, ye heavens of heavens, and ye waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commanded and they were created. I think that gives them the position of I am the authority. He created this earth. He invented, He created, and He's active in the function of this world. Job 38, 12, Hast thou commanded the morning since thy days and caused the day spring to know his place? I mean, he sets the sunrise and the sunset. In Psalm 107, 24 through 26, These see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep, for he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the ways thereof. They mount up to the heaven. They go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. He's in control of the seas. Job 39, 27. Doth the eagle mount up at thy command and make her nest on high? He's in control of the fowl of the air. Psalm 103, 20. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening to the voice of his word. Every angel and demon at the voice of God is powerless to Almighty God. Angels are strong, but they obey God. Now, he's allowed them to follow, some of them followed Satan, but he's still in control. I'd like you to look with me at Luke 8, 25. We approach the Word of God from a cultural standpoint, and it's easy to do that. We approach our Bibles so often as a thing with which I can agree or disagree. I can put it on my balance scale. If it doesn't agree with what I want it to agree with, then I discard it as being antiquated or outdated or no longer relevant to today. But I want to tell you, the God who made this world, He established everything in it. He has the right to tell us how to live. In Luke chapter 8, verse, and then when we get the commands of God in Scripture that we don't like, we say, well, I just don't agree with that. And you're placing yourself on a position of authority above God. And you better be cautious. In Luke chapter 8, verse 25, and he said, this is Jesus, he said unto them, where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, what manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and waters, and they obey him. Jesus is God. So whether it's God, you know, Jehovah God, whether it's the Lord Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, he is God. Why is it that the creation obeys him, but humanity doesn't? Have we gotten to a position of such enlightenment that I can discard God? I mean, this is the whole idea, this evolution, that somehow we've got to this place of spiritual enlightenment or enlightenment of man, which is humanism, that I can discard God as irrelevant and not an authority in my life. Now, you do have a choice whether you listen to him or not. In John chapter 10, verses 17 and 18, Therefore, Jesus speaking, doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Jesus says, I have power over life and death. In Revelation chapter 9, he controls the scorpions. And they're going to bite men during the tribulation. They're going to sting them with a pain that lasts for months. In excruciating pain. And they're going to hope to die, but they can't die. In Genesis chapter 7, he controlled all of the animals going into the ark. When we get to this idea here in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16, and the Lord God commanded the man. He is the authority. Now, the question is, why does it matter if I obey God? Genesis chapter 3, verse 11. He said, who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? 
Adam and Eve hid from God and they severed the relationship. They were banished from the Garden of Eden. It matters that we're obedient to God, the authority. He is the authority. Now this obedience is not out of fear. It's out of love. I want you to look with me at Psalm 119.65. We, there's been a lot of abuse. Uh, there has been a lot of abuse, both in the church and external to the church, where there is an authority that is ungodly. That's not what I'm talking about. But we as a believer have to understand that if God says it, He means it. In Psalm 119, verse 65. It says in verse 65 of Psalm 119, Thou hast dealt well with thy servant, O Lord, according to thy word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe thy commands. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. Thou art good and doest good. Teach me thy statutes. God judges us as he foretold us. There are no surprises with God. Do you realize in Isaiah 48, 5, I, even, I have even from the beginning declared it to thee, before it came to pass, I showed it thee, lest thou shouldest say, mine idol hath done them, and my graven image, and my molten image hath commanded them. What did God do in Isaiah 48? He's telling Israel, before it came to pass, listen, judgment's coming. If you don't turn from your ways, life's going to get a lot worse for you. He gives us warnings. Have you ever had someone that maybe you're around them and you don't know their rules and you're walking on eggshells like, oh, if I do something wrong, they're going to just yell and scream at me. And you're just like frantic all the time. But that's not the way with God. He gives me instruction before it happens. If you want to be pleasing to God, look with me at Luke chapter 1, verse 6. We have a Many times we have a very skewed image of God. We have an image of God. And unfortunately, and I, I had this uh, mentioned to me a number of years ago, but they said it, uh, this, one of my friend's wives, he's a pastor, and his wife had a dad that was absent and, and had some real issues with her dad. And she really struggled with God being a father. She, that was a real challenge to her because she didn't know really her father was out of her life and and so this whole idea of a loving caring father was a foreign concept and dads do have a significant impact in helping the child to learn and understand the character of god uh, based upon how you model christ here in luke chapter 1 verse 6 and they were both righteous before god walking in all the commandments and ordinance of the lord blameless here's zachariah zacharias and elizabeth it says and they were both righteous before god and then we begin to see, why were they righteous? They walked in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. They did it with a pure heart. They did it with a good standing before God. Their position before God was predicated, or it was conditioned on their obedience to Him. Adam and Eve weren't right with God, but Zacharias and Elizabeth were because they walked in God's commandments and statutes blameless you said none of us are perfect and you know what none of us are perfect we all mess up from time to time in john 15 14 i want you to look with me here go a little bit further there in luke and go with me to john 15 14 i had about 50 pages of notes going through all the verses and doing stuff there it was a lengthy week of study but When you look at the commands of God, I need to understand his position. In John 15, 14, I was looking at it, I was like, going on to the next verse. John 15, 14, ye are my friends. What's, what does Jesus say? If ye do whatsoever I command you. What does that mean? That means I show my affection to God by my obedience. Stop trying to create my own life, my morals and ethics and integrity. Everything I have ought to be conditioned and founded upon what God has said in His Word. 
You know, in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 1, you show your love by your adherence to the restrictions he has established. It says in Deuteronomy 11, 1, Therefore thou shalt love the Lord thy God and keep his charge and his statutes and his judgments and his commandments always. If I tell you as my friend, this is an illustration, that I am deathly allergic to Brussels sprouts, if, you're, if that's possible, I don't know if it is, but if it is, right? I'm definitely allergic to Brussels sprouts. They're definitely not one of my more favorite vegetables. But you love them, and you offer them to me. I've let you know that I'm deathly allergic to Brussels sprouts. I mean, this isn't just I don't like them. As a young kid, I despised them, but I, I can eat them now. But I'm deathly allergic to them. And you say, hey, here's some wonderful bacon-wrapped Brussels sprouts. I'm saying, you don't love me. Because you're giving me the very thing that could result in my death, right? You're, you're not re- respecting in an ob- obedience, if you would, it's really a respect for your friend. Now, if you don't know about it, that's one thing. But if you've made it abundantly clear that I am deathly allergic to Brussels sprouts and you continue to do it, you are displaying a love for yourself over a love for your friend. The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes 12, 13, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. That fear of God is not the, it's a reverence. It's a respect. It would be like going to see a king or a queen, but even more so. You wouldn't go there in haphazard. You wouldn't go there in your work clothes. I would hope not. People today have no regard for, (laughs) you know, respecting particular institutions. But nevertheless, you wouldn't go there Like, hey, what's happening, bro? That doesn't display a fear of God, a reverence and respect for him. Arabian horses are trained rigorously in the Middle Eastern deserts. The horses must learn to fully obey their master. This obedience is tested by depriving the horses of water for many days and then turning them loose near water. As the horses get to the edge of the water and just before they drink of the much-needed water, the trainer blows the whistle. If the horses learn to obey, they turn around and come back to the trainer who then gives them as much water as they need. The trainer knows what his horse needs and will not allow them to die of thirst, but they must trust him. God knows what you and I need and want to supply it, but we must trust and obey him. I want you to look with me at Matthew 22, 36. Command. And I still haven't gotten to the point of this message to deal with why I should obey. And I'll talk about that here in just a moment. But it's an act of the heart to obey. Matthew 22, 36. Master. Which is the great commandment in the law? Matthew twenty two thirty seven. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law of the prophets. So the first commandment is love God. There is no love without obedience. As a child, I love my parents. And as I love them, I will, I will joyfully obey them. But if I'm, they ask me of something and I'm like, oh, roll your eyes, slump your shoulders, put your head down, that's not a loving disposition. Now the question is, why should I obey God? I have established that he is the authority. He created this world. The seas and the winds and the fowl of the air and the animals, they all obey him. I think he's pretty much clearly established himself as the authority. 
You know, if you get a, a piece of paper and it has a certain stamp on it or a particular signature, that signature, based upon who that person is and their title within the, the relevant organization, it has weight to it. And when God puts a stamp upon something and says, God said, it's pretty significant. Now, are the commands that God gives, are they harsh? We like to look at this sometimes, and, and I'd like you to look with me at 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. Then we're going to look at the Psalms. But in 1 John chapter 5, verse 3, there is so often a refusal to accept God's commands. Because we have the idea of God's commands being under the guise of a religious system that is crooked. It could very well be like the Catholic Church. It could be others where there is some uh, direct, I mean, even in Baptist churches, where there's an abuse of power, and somehow I get the concept of God being an abuser. That is as far from the truth as possible. That's a lie of Satan. I don't want to obey God many times because I'm fearful of what God will have me do. Because I don't trust Him. Because I don't think His commands are necessarily pertinent to me. Or I don't trust Him to take care of me. So I don't obey those commands. And by being disobedient, I end up continuing to be in a very tough place in life. But when we understand the character of God's commands, it's going to change your outlook. 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. I've got about 20 items here to look at for God's character. 19. 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. God's not giving me commands to make my life difficult. He's not giving me commands to burn a burden upon my life. I love God if I keep His commandments. But what He gives me is not more than I can handle. He doesn't give me commands, I want you to do this. And I know you'll fail at it. I know you can't do it. I know you're too troubled. There's no way you can do it. That's not God. And so often we have this idea of a God who's so distant, He's not personally involved in my life. But that's not true. I want you to take with me, we're going to go in sequence through Psalms. Look with me at Psalm 19, verse 8. And I understand this is dealing more with the character of God, but my friend, God is the authority. I ought to know when he's giving me commands, why don't I just, why don't I just say, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. I surrender all as we sang this morning. So often we spend more time fighting and arguing than we do about just following. If we would have just followed him, we would have been in the promised land already. <laughs> That's the same thing with Israel, right? I mean, they spent more time complaining and moaning and more, you know, murmuring than they did act. I mean, they could have been in the promised land 40 years prior, but they rebuked and they resisted and they reproached God's leaders and they reproached God's plan for their life. 40 years living in the desert because they esteemed God's words to be grievous. Oh, we're in the desert. Oh, there's no water. We're going to die. Oh, there's no meat. Oh, Moses, you're a horrible man. I mean, the, the list went on. And God finally said, enough is enough. In Psalm 19, verse 8, the statutes of the Lord are right. Rejoice in the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. He tells us, first of all, that the statutes, you know, the principles that God wants us to build our lives upon, they're right and they rejoice the heart. 
why is it when God tells me something, it doesn't bring joy to my heart? It could very well be that I'm in resistance to him. The commandment of the Lord is pure. There's no impurity. There's no... You know when someone oftentimes asks you to do something and they don't follow through, or they they ask you to do something, but you're like, they're going to do this. What's their ulterior motive? What are they going to want from me? Uh, What are they going to do to me? We don't regard them as pure and enlightening. You know what, oftentimes with people today, we're trying to, to, to gauge them. Is that a person I can trust? I'll keep you at an arm's distance. I'll kind of watch. I'll kind of feel the waters. I don't know if I can trust you. If they're an authority, you're like, Ugh. I mean, there's an immediate wall. Once, once you hear the word authority, you're like, wall, not listening. Limited listening. <laughs> you know, If they're a boss, you're like, I'll listen as much as I have to, but I'm not listening further. But when God gives us his word, the commandment, it says it rejoices the heart and it's pure. Don't we want to be pure? Let's look at Psalm 42, verse 8. Psalm 42, verse 8. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me, and my prayer unto the God of my life. The commands of the Lord, (laughs) it's refreshing, it's loving. Psalm 68, 28, let's look at another one. We're just going to go through the Psalms. There's quite a few of them here in the Psalms. Psalm 68, 28. Thy God hath commanded thy strength. Strengthen, O God, that which thou hast wrought for us. They're strengthening. Psalm 71, 3. Be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. Thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. God's commands are rescuing. They rescue me from my own foolish decisions, from my own foolish course of life. They are a rescue from the the wickedness of this day and age we live in. Psalm 78, 23 and 24. Psalm 78, 23, and 24. Though he had commanded the clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven and had rained down manna upon them to eat and had given them of the corn of heaven. God commands to feed them. God's commands are also sustaining. It sustains me every day. Psalm 111, 9. And what I'm doing here is I'm just introducing you, and I know we know it in our mind. We say, oh, God is love, God is caring, God is just, he's a mean God, he, he judges sin. I mean, we get this, almost like this <laughs> bipolar type idea of God, but he's not. The commands that he gives are very intentional. And I'm saying when he gives those commands, there is, uh, obviously there's authority behind it, but there's also a reason for it. And when I understand here, they're sustaining, number uh, 7, Psalm 111, 9, He sent redemption unto His people. He hath commanded His covenant forever. Holy and reverend is His name. They are redemptive and they're eternal. When I live my life my way, under my rules and my ethics and my morals and my integrity, I find myself many times in a place of discouragement. 
But when I begin to yield my will and say, not mine, but I say yes to God, I find redemption, I find rescue, I find that they're eternal truth, that they're still applicable today. The Bible was written over, you know, over seemingly 2,000 years ago, but it is still as relevant today as the day that the inspired author, inspired penman penned the book of the Bibles, which was written over a 1,600-year period. They're redemptive. In Psalm 119, 73, we're going to look at a number of passages here. Uh, most of them are here in Psalm 119, but Psalm 119, verse 73 says, thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. Now, if you're a potter or you're an inventor back in the days when I did some engineering work and, and we were putting the resistors and the capacitors and the inductors and we were putting them on the circuit board and, and maybe on the computer where we were doing the designs of the printed circuit board, PCB we call them, and, uh, and you know we're putting all these together and hooking them up and trying to connect the power source and all of that, I could tell you about what I was creating. I could tell you what I wanted that uh, particular circuit to do. Now, sometimes... Many times it didn't always do it. You're like, why is it not working the way I planned it? You know, uh, you're sitting there writing computer code and, and you're doing it and you're like, I finished the code. It all should work. It all makes logical sense. And, and then you go to run the program. It doesn't work. And you're like, I don't want to figure it out. But you know what? God, when he writes the code, it, 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 it's all there to work. But many times we're like, well, I don't understand. God's written the manual to help me to understand me. Understand you, to understand life. Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. You know, we find, oh, there's no manual for life. There's no manual for parenting. There is in the word of God. Because if I'm the parent that I ought to be, I'll be the, the parent I ought to be to my daughter. If I'm the, the person I ought to be before the Lord, I'll be the parent I ought to be to my daughter. And the husband I ought to be to my wife. Psalm 119, 115. It says, depart from me, ye evildoers, for I will keep the commandments of my God. You know what the word of God, also, the commands of God do? Does, excuse me. Is it tells me, listen, the people you're around, you shouldn't be around them. You shouldn't have them as your close friends. They're not helpful for you. You shouldn't be doing this. Why? Depart from me, ye evildoers. God's saying, listen, they're going a wrong direction. I'm not saying you're like uh, shunning yourself, putting yourself in a little closet. I'm not going to see anyone. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not saying being rude. We do need to minister to the world. We want to see the world come to know Jesus Christ. So uh, that, please don't take that that way. But I'm separating, God's commands separate me from those who are harmful to my life. He says, avoid these people. It's like a parent that says, listen, you're hanging out with the wrong friends. You're starting to smoke and drink and you're beginning to skip school and doing the wrong direction. I don't want you hanging out with them anymore. But I want to. You don't know what you're doing. You're just old fashioned. God's commands are protective. And also in Psalm 119, 127. Therefore I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. They're eternal. They're not temporal. God's, world, God's commands are not like gold that perishes. It's above fine. It's, the value is greater than fine gold. We were talking this morning in Sunday school about the 2,500 tons of gold that Solomon had on hand to build the temple. And he also used uh, to build his house, and then he still needed more gold. I mean, he was a man that just had his eyes on the wealth rather than on God. But God's commands are, are eternal. They're of greater value than any gold you could acquire. And also in Psalm 119, 131, 
I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for thy commandments. They're refreshing. Have you ever had that time in your life where you're just like, I'm empty? I feel so alone. I feel like in my soul just an emptiness or a loneliness or a desperation or some feeling that is very uncomfortable. I opened my mouth and panted for I long for thy commandments. Why am I so happy to receive some knowledge from some PhD so-and-so of the world but I don't come to the author who created the manual for life. I'm so akin to listening to the professional, but the God of the professional I don't want to listen to? That doesn't make any sense. In Psalm 119, 138, Thy testimonies that Thou hast commanded are righteous and very faithful. They're trustworthy. They're reliable. Psalm 119, 143, trouble and anguish have taken hold on me, yet thy commandments are my delight. It's my refuge. Where do you run when life gets too unbearable? Where do you go? I don't want God's command. I don't want church. I don't want God. I don't want any of that Bible stuff. And what you're saying is I can run life my way, but life gets bad, and then i got to go to professional so-and-so and try to find an answer, but I can come back to the God of the professional, and I can find a refreshment for life and a refuge. This sermon, <laughs> it was really hard to put together. I mean, it's probably one of the more difficult sermons I've just the magnitude of it, and there was such a weight on me. I'd wake up in the morning, it was just like, Oh, I gotta get this sermon done. I mean, it was just like laboring with it. And I said, God, I need help. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to put it together. There's 839 verses on the commandments of God, on the commandments in the Bible. I mean, some of them are men and other things, but nevertheless, it was a large one. I said, God, I can't do it. I said, I just and yesterday I said, I just gotta get alone with God. I've got to get i got to get, God, you got to put this together for me. I don't know what I'm doing. Psalm 119, 172. My lips shall utter praise. Verse 172, excuse me. My tongue shall speak of thy word, for all thy commandments are righteousness. Why is the Bible not my speech? Why do we have to have foul mouth, critical, gossiping, harsh mouths? Why can't my speech be this book? Because I don't know God. He's not my authority. Going on from here, Proverbs chapter 6. Verse 23, I'll read these last few for you, and then I'll have to finish up. I won't be able to finish my sermon this morning. I'll probably finish it next week. Tonight we'll be in First Peter 2. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 23. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light. And reproofs of instruction are the way of life. God's commands are my light for my life. I'm rejecting the very authority that is the health of my life. His commands are a light for life. Do we ever not ever feel like, man, I'm just walking in darkness? I don't know what I'm doing. Where am I going? I mean, yes, you're working a job, you're working a profession, you're working a career, you're doing something, but you're like, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. What does God say? What are God's commands? Daniel chapter 9, verse 4, number 17. 
they beckon and bring God's mercies. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession, said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him, to them that keep his commandments. It's saying there's covenant and mercy. It beckons and it brings God's mercy, God's commands do, if I'm obedient. Mark 1, 27, and they were all amazed insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. Why are we afraid of ghosts and demons? Why? If you're a blood-bought, born-again child of God, Jesus has power over them. Why don't I get back to the manual for life and say, God's already in control. The, God, uh, Jesus Christ rebuked thee by his shed blood. It's done. But he has complete power over the demons. And my last point, number 19, Mark chapter 10. And I'll have to finish up this morning. My friend, we need to look at the commands of God not as an overbearing, harsh, mean, vindictive, <laughs> you know, out of real, unrealistic, and understand. We can say it all day long. Oh, you know, thy lamp is a, you know, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light in my path. We can say these verses. We can memorize them. But I want to tell you the, your level of obedience, of complete submission to God, determines and shows the application of your heart to actually follow or not. Mark chapter 10, verse 49, and Jesus, stood st and Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying, And be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. His commands are healing. I want healing in my innermost part of my soul. There might be hurts from the past. There might be some real baggage from the past in my life. And rather than trying to figure it out on my own, and rather than trying to do life uh, without God, why don't I look at the commands of God? Why don't I look at my whole life through the perspective of the lens of Scripture and God's commands and say, what does God say about it? Because His commands are healing. They're refreshing. They're enlightening. They're eternal. It's a manual. He has control over the demons. There is nothing that can hurt me that God doesn't allow in my life. So why don't I get on the side of authority rather than the side that's already losing? If I do it my way, I'm losing. You might be saying, well, I'm putting God out of my life. I don't want any of that religious thing. Nor does God want any part of that religious thing. He wants a relationship with you. He wants that day by day, moment by moment, second by second, uh, harmony and reconciliation with you. There is a God in heaven that in the commands, a test of your love is obedience to him. But it's not obedience because I don't know him. It's not obedience because he's some big man on the stairs uh, up God up in the sky. He is a God who made you. He made every part of you, and he wants the best for you. We've got to get to the place saying, God, I love you, because I know who you are, and I'm just going to obey you. Christianity today is stunted. and Many times isn't even true faith, because we can't be obedient in the very first step. We can't even do the very first step, which is obedience. People don't accept Christ. Because of a failure to accept Christ, they will face eternity in hell forever. And the second step after obedience, after salvation, is baptism. And joining the church and getting on board and following God, that's the second step of obedience. But they don't do that. Men in the Christian life, once you've maybe joined the church, you don't see the value of what he's done. I say all of this. I've got to determine what place God has in my life. Is he my authority or not? Am I the authority? You say, well, God's the authority. Duh. 
okay? Then if he is the authority, then we need to start obeying. But I'm not obeying blindly. I'm obeying because I know that what he says is the best for me. He's got my best interests at stake. His commands are not grievous. We need to stop adopting a worldview of God that is unrealistic to the Bible and start accepting what God says about himself and his commands in the, in the written, eternal word of God. As we come to the time of invitation this morning, if I could have Mrs. Pat come forward, please. How are you showing your love for Christ? Is God your authority for how you live your life? Is God the authority for your everything you do? Your ethics, your morals, your career, your integrity, for everything. To see the authority. What does God think? Or do you only come to Him when life is really bad? And then you plead for mercy. And you'll obey up to the point you feel better and then you're gone again. That's not obedience. And God will get d- be done with that for after a while and you're going to face some very hard times. It's about time that we just show our, our love by our obedience. As the music plays, with heads bowed and eyes closed, I trust that you would just talk with God. The first step of obedience is to acknowledge and repent. You agree with God. The change of your mind. You repent of your sins. You ask Jesus to forgive you of all your sins and be your Savior. Trusting only in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection that it paid for all the wrong you've done. And as a Christian, I say, I'm just going to be obedient. I'm going to take God's commands and I'm going to be obedient and follow them. I'm going to stop trying to resist God. I'm going to stop trying to make excuses. I'm just simply going to say, God, I'll follow. I surrender all. God's commands are not grievous. If you need prayer or you need to talk with someone, I'd love to speak with you after the service today. Just a moment longer as the music will finish up here shortly, I I do ask that you would just resolve in your heart and show my love because I'm going to joyfully obey Him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I love you. I thank you for your goodness and grace. Father, I, I do ask that, Lord, you would help us to walk so close with thee. Lord, I pray that you would help us in our lives to be obedient. Lord, would we reject any worldly notion of God, many times the gods of this world, the idols of this world, people are trying to uh, appease an angry, mean, vindictive, harsh God, much like you might find in Hinduism or other. But that's not the God of the Bible. Lord, you have... You want to give us refreshment in life and you want to tell us about ourselves and help us to understand that you want to keep us safe from the wicked ones and Lord, you want to heal. And so Father, I pray that we would just humbly come with a will, with a mind that is ready and willing to do as you command us. Lord, I love you and thank you for all that you've given. In Jesus' precious name I pray.